And what shocked me the most, because I'm, I'm very introverted myself. So what shocked me was how people want to talk on the internet. <laughs> like they want to have conversations and they want to go deep. Hi, folks, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we highlight the courageous women and men who are making sacrifices of their time and energy for the defense of the weakest and most vulnerable members of the human family. We we shine a spotlight on the unsung heroes of Canada and the global pro-life movement, and today I'm joined by... Uh, a friend here in Canada. Um, I've never met you in person, Josephine, but I've heard wonderful things about you. Josephine, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Good. My pleasure. I, I have been a, a huge fan of the National Campus Life Network, the group that you work for, for a very long time since I was in university, um, long before my hair turned gray. Um, but I digress. Josephine, share a little bit about yourself. How would you describe Josephine to a, a new friend or acquaintance? Yeah, so I mean, I grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan, and uh, was raised here into a Catholic family with uh, seven siblings. And following that kind of stereotype, uh, we were all homeschooled. So that was uh, that was fun. My first uh, my first real school experience was in university. Um, so I started in 2015, and um, I'm in environmental systems engineering. Uh, I actually still have one year left because I kept dropping out of university to go work for um, a dance company that toured the world. So it was very, uh, it was a very quirky situation. Um, I did that for about five or six years. Um, so now I'm back in Regina. I'm finishing my degree, one year left, um, and obviously working with NCLN. Very cool. Very cool. I, I find that so neat. Um, the, the kind of back and forth and an environmental engineer and uh, um, not a hobby, a professional dance leader and whatnot. Very, very cool. So tell us a little bit about how a girl from Regina, homeschooled Catholic family, um, doing dance, doing environmental engineering, how does she come to work for a national pro-life organization like the National Campus Life Network? Yeah, so I first met NCLN uh, when I started university. So some friends of mine wanted to start a pro-life club. And of course, NCLN, that's what they do. And so we uh, kind of connected with NCLN and they got us set up. And so we started this pro-life club. And uh, at the time, it was all obviously on campus activism and, and training and, and that sort of stuff. So that's the first time I was introduced to activism and even just apologetics um, and, and all of that. So, you know, but of course I was in and out of university. So I was in and out of the movement and in and out of kind of that whole, uh, community you could say. Um, so then, uh, coming back, I said, you know, to the coordinator, um, at the time, Philip, I said, like, I'm coming back and I want to get back involved with the club. And so he said, that's great. And, um, of course I was volunteering, I was going to volunteer my time. He said, actually, like, I'm leaving 
and they're looking for someone else. Um, it's, you know, a part-time job. You could do it with school and he made it sound very excellent and it is very excellent, of course. Um, and so I said, yeah, like that sounds good. I need a job anyways. I'm in school, blah, blah, blah. So then that was last year. So I uh, got hired. And, um, so now I'm, I'm, I'm well in the movement now. This is, this is my year that's been in the movement. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm very grateful that I, I got back in, but I, I do feel like it was just random. Like I didn't go out of my way to go in the movement. It was kind of just like handed to me. And I said, uh, yes, and I have no excuses. So yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. And, and I think that's a similar theme for many people active in the pro-life movement, regardless of whether um, they, they've gotten involved in the last couple of years, or maybe they got involved decades ago. There's so many people who never really intended to get super active in the pro-life movement. And, and yet the Lord works in wonderful ways and draws excellent people into doing pro-life ministry. And so for the last year now, you've been working with NCLN, not only as the um, Saskatchewan coordinator for um, National Campus Life Network, but also as their kind of online communications director. And I'd, I'd love to hear about a, a memorable, memorable experience or two that you have from this last year about your, your time engaging people, whether online or in person, um, that really stand out in your mind. Yeah, so that was something that I hadn't intended to do, but it just gradually came, uh, it came to be. I was assigned to actually start our TikTok account that now exists in the summer. And so that was my assignment. So I took that on. Um, it first went horribly, like we had to delete the account because we didn't know what we were doing and we were posting the wrong things and they weren't getting any views. Uh, and so we had to like a lot of trial and error and posting this and, and doing some research and just spending time on the app, which actually is soul crushing in a way. <laughs> it's not a great app. Um, it, it's really uh, the community is just a little bit uh, harsh and it's this generation that does not hold back that I'm sure you've had experience with. And so um, we we went back on with a new account and we just decided, OK, we're just going to be aggressive. We're going to just say the truth. And it doesn't matter, you know, how how harsh it is, because these people are harsh, like they just want brutal honesty. Um, and that actually worked. Um, and so we posted a lot of videos just with like bold anti-abortion statements and then also a lot of videos of like fetal development animations with you know, popular music behind them. And they, they did quite well. And so I would say, especially being off campus, uh, the most kind of impact I feel I've made has been through, um, you know, comms in general, but especially TikTok, uh, because we have had some posts go viral and just hit millions of views. Um, and we have like, you know, 26,000 followers now. Um, and from all of that exposure and all of those, you know, views and comments and, and likes and, and what have you, uh, it's brought up a lot of good conversations. And what shocked me the most, because I'm, I'm very introverted myself. So what shocked me was how people want to talk on the internet. <laughs> like they want to have conversations and they want to go deep. Like I've had a guy share with me a story about how he, um, you know, came out of a relationship 
where his ex-girlfriend had had, you know, several abortions and was using them as birth control. And it had traumatized him because, you know, for, for one of them, it was his child. And, uh, y- you know, it was this, this idea that, well, I can't say anything because I'm a guy. And so this is her choice. But he feels so, um, so ashamed and, and just so heartbroken and so responsible for that. And he just came out and shared this with me and said, I agree with you. And this is why I'm pro-life um, because of this and this and this. And he just needed someone to listen. And then another time, um, this girl messaged me uh and this was probably the best one ever is she said, you know, I've, I've looked at your videos and I'm pregnant and my ex has left me and I have a one-year-old and um, kind of went through this. Obviously she's going through all these hard times. She was contemplating abortion, really leaning to abortion. Um, and she said, you know what? Like these videos have convinced me um, this life, this is a life. This is a life. It's beautiful. No matter the circumstances, like I know it's going to be hard, but it's not going to be as hard <laughs> as not having this baby. Um, and I'm going to keep the baby like, so thank you. And I've never like, I would never go up to someone in person and try to make friends, let alone on the internet, somebody, you know, being very bold about, about abortion. So it, it's true. It truly shocked me and it really motivated me um, to obviously continue and to really put a lot of effort into it, not just because it's my job, but because it is making a difference and it is saving lives. And that surprised me the most. Like, yes, you can save lives through not only the internet, but TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And, and praise God for that, right? I mean, these yeah. these um, social media platforms that often become like the the lowest common denominator of of today's society sort of thing. And yet the good Lord can work in these wonderful ways to bring good out of areas that, that there's often a lot of ugliness in. And so that that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. And at the end of the day, pro-lifers desperately need to be where the people are. So much of the public, public forum has gone online. Um, and so we need to be present there. It, it will never replace face-to-face interactions. Um, and yet it definitely needs to supplement face-to-face interactions. And so the last question, Josephine, that I'd love to throw your root, and I know that NCLN are absolute rock stars when it comes to this. I know that many people who are active in the pro-life movement right now have NCLN to thank for that uh, when it comes to recruitment and engagement. What would you say to somebody who sees this video and is teetering on the edge of maybe I'm going to get involved Maybe I'm not going to get involved. I agree with the pro-life worldview, but I don't know if I'm ready to get involved. How would you kind of tip them over the edge to make sure they do start engaging and start changing minds and saving lives? Well, I would say, uh, you know, if you've gotten to the point where you know abortion is wrong and you know what abortion is, the question isn't like, maybe I should, you know, start trying to save babies' lives. It's like, why are you not trying to save babies' lives? And why are you still thinking about it? And I get that, especially students, like we're, we're so busy. I'm a student as well as I'm working. Um, you know, it's like, I, I don't have time. I don't have time. And that's, that's honestly, I would just say that's a lie. Like that's, that's a big fat excuse. <laughs> and um, to prove that it's an excuse, I actually took my own life and I figured out the hours to see 
Um, you know, cause I'm the type of person too, who would probably, you know, who might say, Oh, I'm busy for this or busy for that. So here's how it breaks down. Okay. I have a 20 hour work week. So that's part-time job. Let's say it's not, let's say it's not in the pro-life movement, right? So I have a 20, 20 hour, 20 hours of work. I'm in school for 30 hours. Okay. This was based on, uh, my semester last, uh, last year. I spend maybe 12 hours in the gym every week. I spend 49 hours sleeping. Um, so that's an average of seven hours of sleep, which is a healthy amount, I would say. Um, I put 20 hours for eating and cooking because you need to eat. And um, that, <laughs> that totals up to 139, okay? There's 168 hours in the week. So you have 29 extra hours. Now I get it, you have to relax. You have to go grocery shopping. You have to, um, you know, do your gardening or whatever. But in the pro-life movement, you can literally make a difference with an hour of your time a week. Like there are so many roles. There's so, there's so many jobs and tasks and little things that we need help with. Um, and especially like in, with social media, for example, you can spend an hour a week and that's, that's good. You can do a lot with that. Um, so I, I think it's not unreasonable to say if you have 29 hours, even as a working student who is maybe living by themselves and needs to do all this other, you know, stuff and still needs to relax, you, you still have time. <laughs> like you can give, you can give two of those hours, guarantee it. So you should do it. That's what I would say. You should just do it. Absolutely. I, I think that's such a great way to put it that we need to start prioritizing this, right? Yeah. We, we, there will always be other things that you can do, right? You will always be able to spend extra time cooking or watching YouTube videos or scrolling through social media and all this kind of stuff. But it, sooner or later, if we realize that abortion is killing literally the weakest, most vulnerable members of the human family, we're going to have to start prioritizing that. That might not, for you at this time of your life, mean walking away from your day job or quitting school or something like that. But I think that you do a great job of laying that out, that you have hours to work with. Let's use them intentionally to do something like sharing the pro-life worldview. So that's phenomenal. Thank you, Josephine, so, so much for joining me on this episode of Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, where we're highlighting um, the, the sometimes unsung heroes of the pro-life movement. Um, for those of you tuning in, I encourage you to check out our other content, prolifeguys.com, or find us on your favorite uh, podcast catcher. Um, and you can also learn more about all of the important and interesting news from around the world in our monthly episode of The Pulse. And so check out NCLN. I will put the, the link for NCLN in the show notes. You can learn more about what they're doing on campus. Thank you, Josephine. And thank you, each and every one of you for tuning in. I hope that you tune in again next time. <laughs>